It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Apologies for Wednesday, but uh, again... I had to travel, a lot of things were going on, but uh, we are ready for a Friday game misconduct. We're getting closer and closer to the start of the playoffs, and I can't wait, because you're starting to see the, the the contenders and the pretenders, the teams that can and the teams that can't. I mean, you're really getting to late March here, and every game is just so vitally important, and you can really see the teams that are ready to step up and make a run and the teams that I don't think are quite there yet. And then I got a chance to call Rangers Hurricanes last night, and I got to call the game on Tuesday. And what I saw those two games, Tuesday's game at the Garden, and last night at PNC, two outstanding playoff teams that basically essentially played playoff games. And you saw the defense, the clamping down in the neutral zone, and how playoff hockey is going to look. In the regular season, you open it up, not everybody's on the same page, you might be taking on a team that's playing the second of back-to-backs. You might be playing a team that's playing the third game in four nights, and you haven't played in three days. But when you play the same team back-to-back games and you really get to see how closely matched they are, you really see the Hurricanes and the Rangers are really two good teams battling here. And Carolina's got to survive without Svechnikov, which is really going to be a problem for them. Because I think the difference between the Hurricanes and the Rangers is that the Rangers have the star power. They can find the goal. They've got Kane. They've got Kreider. They've got Zabanajad. They've got Panarin. There's so many guys that can find the back of the net. Do the Hurricanes have that? Their best offensive player is Sebastian Ajo with 31 goals. Natchez has 27. Svechnikov would have been to really round that into place there. They can win face-offs. They can check. They can play physical. I love their blue line. I love Slavin, Burns. Um, I thought Gostaspare was a great pickup for them. They've got a nice blue line. Can they finish? That's the question. Because watching that game yesterday, the Hurricanes played the perfect playoff game. They, they mucked up the neutral zone. Rangers couldn't get in. Hurricanes score the first goal. Rangers don't get their first shot until midway through the period. Now had to come on a five-on-three. Killed the penalties. Anderson made the saves that he needed to make. And like they did on Tuesday, played the perfect game. They were able to find a couple of goals on Tuesday. They couldn't last night. And when the Rangers' backs were against the wall, who comes through? Panarin. Who comes through? Fox's first goal in 25. And they get the goal they needed in the third period, and the Hurricanes didn't. Now, that doesn't mean they can't do it. It's just I'm going to bet my money on the, on the Rangers finding that goal quicker than the Hurricanes can find that goal. And I think that's the reason why you saw the Rangers win three of the four meetings. Now, all the games were pretty much close with the exception of that 6-2 blowout when Panarin had those four goals and the Rangers had three unanswered goals back in February. But the point I'm trying to make is, is that you're really seeing how good these two teams are. And can New Jersey do that? Can New Jersey find it? They're inexperienced. They don't play 
um, a defensive level the way the Hurricanes can play. Now, they can score, but do they have the goaltending? So that's what I'm interested in seeing because you look at the Devils, all of a sudden the goals aren't coming. You know, they lose in a, in a, to the Wild. They're 5-3-2 and two over their last um, 10 games. The standings are what they are because you play an 82-game schedule and that eventually tells you how you are over that schedule. But now you've got to evaluate what you're going to do when you take the next step. So even though the Hurricanes, the Devils, and the Rangers are the top three teams in the Metropolitan Division, I'm not ready to say the Devils are in the conversation right now with the Rangers and the Hurricanes. I need to see that kind of playoff atmosphere. I need to be able to see them go out there and face a really good team clamp down and play the kind of defense you need to play. Now, they lost that game to the Wild in overtime. That was a good defensive effort. Devils had 48 shots on goal. Great goaltending by Minnesota. But Minnesota's not a a tremendous offensive team. I want to see the Devils play to that kind of depth. All right? Now, they came up big uh, the other night in the third period against Tampa. But I want to be able to see them grind it out. I think they can, but they just don't have a ton of experience. So when you rank the teams, even though, and this is going to sound like I'm a homer because I'm a Ranger guy, if I rank the teams right now as far as what I think they can do, I probably have it Rangers, Hurricanes, and Devils, even though the standings have it reversed with Carolina, the Devils, and the Rangers. So... Uh, I was really impressed with those two games by both teams, and we'll see what happens the rest of the way. Carolina's going to win the division, I think. They've got a two-point lead on New Jersey. Carolina's got a game in hand, but Carolina's got two very difficult games, back-to-back games against Toronto and Boston, while the Devils, they've got Buffalo coming up here. So that's obviously a winnable game because Buffalo is in free fall. And then their second back-to-back is going to be home against Ottawa. So these next 48 hours, this weekend is going to be very, very telling. If Carolina is still in first place by the time we get to Monday, that's going to be a major statement by them because they're very easily Carolina can lose the next two. Very easily the Devils can win the next two. And then all of a sudden the Devils have the two-point lead. But you kind of saw it the other day when I was talking about the Devils and in that mano a mano kind of situation, you go back earlier um, last week when Carolina's trailing in Philadelphia. Devils have a two goal lead going into the third period against Florida, and it just looks like the Devils are going to take over first place. And what happens? Carolina scores with a second to go in regulation. They win the game in overtime, and the Devils give up four and answer goals in the third to Florida, lose the game. Little things like that. I just need to see it. I've seen a little bit of it. Will I see it consistently enough? The inexperience of New Jersey is going to scare me just a little bit. Just a little bit. And we'll see if that rears its ugly head. But we still have a few weeks here to determine that. Money win for Nashville. They just will not go away. Win in a shootout over the Kraken 2-1. to So Nashville, the team that would not die, they still sit outside the playoffs five points back of Winnipeg, but they've got three games in hand. They've won a couple of games in a row. Jets have righted the ship. They've won a couple of games in a row. Um, Don't think that Seattle's going to get caught. They've got a six-game lead on Nashville, even though Nashville's got a game in hand. But we talk about the money moments. I mean, Nashville was embarrassed last Sunday by the Rangers, but they come right back with a couple of big wins after that embarrassment. Then you look at the Flames, Flames right now sit six points out of a playoff spot, but they've got 73 games played, and last night is a perfect example. They lose to Vegas. Vegas and Calgary 
are the two teams that have played the most one-goal games of the NHL. Guess who's lost the most one-goal games, and guess who's won the second most one-goal games? Vegas has won the second most. They win the game 3-2 last night against the Flames, who dropped their 27th game, I believe, by one goal this year, the most in the NHL. That's why the Flames aren't going to make it, and that's why the Vegas Golden Knights still find themselves in first place in the Pacific Division, despite the fact that the Kings never lose, because Vegas all of a sudden has gotten hot. They've won three in a row. They've won eight of their last 10. So again, we keep going back to here we are late March. Vegas trying to hold on to first place, playing their best hockey. You know, Nashville finding that intestinal fortitude to bounce back after a terrible loss, win a couple of games in a row. You know, Winnipeg getting off the mat recently with a couple of big wins. So you're really starting to show your true colors here. I do not buy in, oh, well, it's late in the season, yada, yada, yada. This is where it matters. This is where you really find out. You separate the men from the boys, all the cliches in sports that you can think about. I don't care what you do in October and November and December. That's great. Those games still mean something. Those points don't go bad. But when you get to March, when you get to April, when you get to the point where you're down to your last dozen games, when you get down to the last single digits and you're looking to make the playoffs, you're looking to win a division, you're looking to get that home ice advantage, how are you playing? How is your goaltender playing? That's another big thing. So there are a lot of questions starting to get answered each and every day now. And I thought that was a big win by the Predators. That was a big win by Vegas. Give Pittsburgh credit. They lost in Dallas, but it was a tough uh, turnaround. Second of back-to-backs. They won in Colorado the night before. Pittsburgh's another example. They're in free fall. You've got people in Pittsburgh talking about there's no accountability. Sullivan can be in big trouble, and yet they still find themselves above Florida because what does Florida do while Pittsburgh's trying to find themselves? You know, Florida gets crushed at home by the Leafs 6-2. to two. A game the Leafs don't need nearly as much as the Panthers do. So these are the little things you look for. Pittsburgh finding a way. Pittsburgh grabbing a couple of points on a tough road trip in Colorado and Dallas. Florida losing a game at home. Again, Florida has been pretty decent as a late 6-3-1 in their last 10. But when they've got a chance, they, they, they caught Pittsburgh. They passed Pittsburgh. They had the final playoff spot. And what do they do? They lose a couple of games back-to-back. Now, they're going to be taking on the Rangers in Florida. That's a tough matchup, while Pittsburgh's taking on Washington. And even though Washington is not a playoff team, it's Ovechkin who's played well, Crosby, that whole stuff. And then the Islanders, another team, right? ton of playoff experience with the exception of last year. What have they done? They've won three in a row. They find seven goals out of nowhere the other night against Toronto. They're going to be in Columbus, a chance to make it four straight and solidify the playoff spot. So these are the things that I'm talking about. Take a look at how these teams play. It's really, really important. That's going to give you a real good window, a really good indication of who's going to make the playoffs and a good indication of how far these teams are going to go once they get into the postseason. I wouldn't worry too much about Tampa. They were embarrassed against the Senators. They're missing a defenseman. They didn't get that deal done at the deadline. But that's a team that's been there, done that. If there's a team that's exempt from everything that we're talking about, it might be Tampa. Three straight appearances in the Stanley Cup Final. They probably realize that you know a game in Ottawa is not going to mean that big of a deal. They know they're locked in. They're not catching Toronto. They're not going to drop out of the three. So... 
I wouldn't get too caught up in how Tampa's playing right now. They're veterans, and they're probably just waiting to get into the postseason. I still think Tampa is going to be very, very dangerous. Three games on the schedule, but they'll all have you know some importance. Devils trying to keep pace with Carolina. They're in Buffalo against the Sabres. I mentioned the Islanders in Columbus to take on the Blue Jackets. Great opportunities for both New Jersey and New York to get wins. Uh, the Avalanche, they had a disappointing out against Pittsburgh the other night. They're still in great shape, obviously, playoff-wise. But the aspirations are they want to try to win this division. They've got two games in hand on Dallas for first place. They're, two point, they're four points back at Dallas. They're three points back in Minnesota for second place with two games in hand, trying to get home ice advantage. So that's a big win, a big game for Colorado. Arizona's not good on the road. They're pretty good at home. Really good chance here for one of these games in hand for the Avalanche to leapfrog over Minnesota for second place and put some pressure on the Dallas Stars for first place in the Central Division. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, it's Friday, and you know what Friday means. Don LaGreca's Friday Top 5. Yeah! Number 5. Let's get the New York Rangers in there. Uh, 7-1-1 one, and one over their last nine games. Igor Shesterkin is starting to play really well. You could talk about how Panarin and Zibanejad have been able to find things offensively and how Keandre Miller is becoming a star for this team. But what I've seen over the last couple of weeks that really make me feel good if I'm a Ranger fan is that you're starting to see the Shesterkin from last year. He had a save against Pooley-Arvey last night that saved the game. They were down a goal, and I'm telling you, Hurricanes had turned it up. They were out shooting the Rangers. Rangers could not get through the neutral zone. If Pooley-Arvey scores that goal to make it 2-0, I'm telling you, it's lights out. But because it stays 1-0, moments later, Panarin scores to tie it. Rangers find their legs, eventually win the game 2-1. That game is not won if Igor's not standing on his head. We didn't talk a lot about the goaltending and the 6-0 victory against Pittsburgh as they won the game 6-0, but when that game was still up for grabs midway through, Shesterkin was playing tremendous hockey. The New York Rangers are starting to round into shame. It's because of Igor Shesterkin. I've got the Rangers at number 5. Number 4. Toronto Maple Leafs. They did have that stinker against the Islanders, but they bounced back nicely to recover from that. 6-3-1 in their last 10, plus 49 goal differential, and they've done a great job holding off Tampa, so at least Toronto can feel like, A, I'm not going to have to play the Boston Bruins. I am going to have to play Tampa for the second consecutive year. Remember, they lost in seven. Make sure that that seventh game is in Toronto. They've got the five-point lead. I'm liking Toronto at number four. Number three. 
Los Angeles Kings. They were five last week. I got them three this week. 8-0-2 in their last 10. We talked about with E.J. Raddick back on Monday. It's time for people to start having a conversation about the Los Angeles Kings coming out of this Western Conference. You get a healthy Dowdy. Their goaltending has been very good. Kopitar has had a resurgence. There's so many reasons why you should love this Los Angeles Kings team, and I've got them in number three. Number two. I guess the problem for the Kings winning the division is number two. I've got the Vegas Golden Knights. I've been impressed with this team pretty much all year, how good they've been on the road. They're starting to find their groove at home. Remember, they couldn't win a home game. Now they're 22-14-1 at home, an impressive 23-7-5 on the road. 8-2 and two in their last 10. They've won three in a row. They've got the Los Angeles Kings breathing down their neck. And what does Vegas do? They start finding their best hockey. Plus 36 goal differential among the best in the Western Conference. I got Vegas at number two. Number one. Yeah! Well, it still has to be the Boston Bruins, right? I mean, the Bruins did lose a couple of games in a row uh, last week. And what do they do? They turn around and they win five straight games. 115 points with still 11 games left to play. Unreal. Plus 116 goal differential. We've talked about this all year long. How incredible that stat is when you consider second place. Second place, a plus 54. They're a plus 116, and second place is plus 154. You can't make it up. Now, the only negative, I mean, I was talking to people in Carolina. Shout out to Mike Maniscalco television voice of the Carolina Hurricanes that was nice enough to drive me after the game back to my hotel because the Rangers are going to Florida and I was going home and we were talking the only negative about Boston and, and Carolina is going to get to see him I think it's on Sunday is the fact that the curse of the President's Trophy winner can the team that wins the President's Trophy win the Stanley Cup they always seem to get beat early last year it was Florida we saw Tampa get swept in the first round against Columbus when they won the President's Trophy yada 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 That's the only negative. You cannot find anything else negative about this Boston Bruins team, and they're going to run the table start to finish with the top fives of the week, and and that's where we stand this week. Issues, problems, if you're upset the Devils aren't there, upset Carolina's not there, upset Dallas isn't there. Who are you taking out? Great question, Anthony. But you can always tweet at me at at DonLaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. All right, let's hear from you. Let's start with Steve Brzezinski, friend of the show and game misconduct. Says Rangers are buzzing. I'm pretty confident the Rangers could win a best of seven series with Carolina. Am I crazy to think that? No, I, matter of fact, some people think that they're a better matchup than the Devils because the Devils are faster and have more offensive firepower. Um, I think the. I, I, I listen, pick your poison, right? Because as we mentioned over the season, Carolina, New Jersey has been better. But I'm worried about the Devils' inexperience. And Carolina, I'm worried about their finish. They can spend a lot of time in the zone, get a lot of shots on goal. But like last night's a perfect example. They double the Rangers in shots, but it's the Rangers that get the key goal from Fox. And Pugliarvi gets stopped. And Ajo gets stopped late. Uh, Natchez gets stopped late. So um, pick your poison. I think they – I would probably still rather New Jersey just because I think the inexperience scares me. You know, this Carolina team's got a ton of postseason experience, and they are exceptionally well coached by Rod Brindamore. But I I don't think you're wrong to think that, Steve. Cordy says, hi, Don. I'm actually heading to the game at Madison Square Garden on Tuesday. Any chance I can stop by and say hello? Absolutely. I'll be calling that game against Columbus. So just let me know where you're going to be sitting, and I'll come visit you between periods. 
She says, I still owe you a hug from my mom, who says hello, by the way. I'll be in the Chase Bridge 317. Thanks. That's right where I broadcast from. So, Courtney, get ready. Get ready for that hug because I'm going to be there. Uh, Joseph says, what's up with the Rangers power play woes, and do they have a shot at first place? I don't think they've got a shot at first place because Carolina got the games in hand. You never rule it out, six points, but we'll see. This is a big weekend again, right? Because you know, if the Rangers can beat Florida, and certainly they'll be in a position on Tuesday to beat Columbus, and those two tough games against Carolina, I thought the Rangers missed their opportunity with that loss on Tuesday where they had a chance to really cut the deficit, and it went from four to eight, but now it's back down to six again. But uh, I'm going to probably say no, um, but you know, you never say never. As far as the power play, what is it? Uh, I think three for its last 18. They had the big five on three early in the game. Uh, Mika hit the post. Mika fanned on a shot. I don't. There's, there was even some line shuffling last night, and they've been moving some bodies around the power play. They're just, they're just too talented. They just got too much of offensive firepower for me to be too worried about their power play. You know how things kind of come and go with that. I usually try to look at power plays not just by the goals, because obviously that's going to be an easy way to judge it. But the other way I like to look at it is, do they spend time in the zone? Do they get opportunities? And I think for the most part, the Rangers have been able to do that. Uh, Brett says, a nice comeback by the Rangers last night, but their power play was terrible. Had a five-on-three for two minutes and couldn't score. The other two power plays, they had nothing going. Inexcusable for the top-tier talent they have. Will be quick playoff exit if they can't figure it out. I disagree. Special teams are always important in the postseason, but I think the penalty kill is more important than the power play. And we saw Boston, I remember, in 2011. Look it up. Um, I might be wrong on this as far as the exact statistic, but I believe they only scored one power play goal in the playoffs in 2011. They won the Stanley Cup. They had a terrible power play. Um, You want it to be better, obviously. With all these games being so close, a power play is like a gift from the hockey gods to win a game. But you know what? They were 3-for-15 going into last night. Um, they, they, They get hot, and then they get cold, and it happens with a lot of power plays. It should be better than it is, but... I wouldn't get crazy about it. Adam says, hi, Don. Tonight's upcoming game makes me reflect on how remarkable this season has been for the Devils. If I told you in October the Devils would be the th- uh, the third team in the NHL this season to clinch a playoff spot, your reaction would have been what? I would have said there's no shot. I-, I really did not see this coming from the Devils. Now, in all fairness, I felt that they were going to be an improved team. Uh, I felt that they were going to take a step forward. But for this team having a chance to win the division – with the likes of Carolina, with the likes of the Rangers in their way, I would have said there was no way. I would have thought that there was a better chance that Lindy Ruff would get fired before he'd be able to lead this team um, to not just a playoff berth, but winning the division, or at least finishing in second and having home ice in the first round. No, it's been unbelievable. It really has. And you know, for the most part, Hughes has been great and healthy, and you know that's unfortunately not been the case lately as he's cooled off and then you'd get hurt. But uh, the, the, the growth of Bratt, the growth of Mercer, Heeshear has really come together. Their goaltending has been way better. I, I guess that's the difference, right? Even though I'm not in love with their goaltending, it has been, you know, basically Patrick Waugh and Martin Brodeur on the team compared to what the goaltending has been in recent years. What do they have, seven different starting goaltenders last year? So, listen, you got to be feel really good about the Devils right now. Brandon says, do you think the Lightning's dominant run – over this last few years is finally coming to an end or do you just think it's hit a rough patch it has felt as though they were the Bruins biggest threat in the east this year like I said to you before 
Tampa's been there, done that. They got the T-shirt. All right, they're not catching Toronto. They're not falling to the wild card. Um, they've been a little banged up. Listen, the, it's going to come to an end. Do I think they're winning the Stanley Cup? No. Do I think that they're just going to bow out in the first round? I don't think that's the case either. They still, when you look at the goaltending, I was talking about this with Mike Maniscalco last night when he was driving me back to Odell. You look at the goaltending. All right, Olmark and Swayman never have won anything. They're, they're on the best team in the NHL, right? You know, the Devils goaltending, no experience. Uh, in the postseason, I think everybody looks at Frederick Anderson in Carolina as the Achilles heel um, for for the Hurricanes as far as goaltending is concerned. Um, Toronto, always a mystery on whether their goaltending is going to be any good. Then there sits Andre Vasilevsky. That's the one team that doesn't have to worry about goaltending. The guy's won cups. He's won business. You don't have to worry about it. You don't care. The goaltending in Dallas has been really good. I mean, there's a few teams that feel really good about their goaltending, um, but nobody feels better about their goaltending than Tampa. And that's always going to be the X factor, right? So do I think that they're going to go to a fourth straight Stanley Cup final? No. But do I think that they're going to go quietly into that good night? Are they a team that I want to play? No, 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 no. That's not a team that I want to play. If I'm Toronto, I'm pooping myself thinking I just had this amazing season and what I get for is having to take on the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round better than having to take on Boston. It's going to be good that they're going to have home ice advantage. But for a team that hasn't been able to get out of the first round in 20 years, now they're going to have to try to do it again against a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's it's crazy, but... uh, you know, if right now, if I had to pick who's winning that, I mean, how do you pick against Vasilevsky? But I do feel like they've got a little bit of a rough patch, gave up seven goals to Ottawa. But if I had to lean on one or the other, complacency, knowing what their situation is, been there, done that, or a team that's completely falling apart, I'm probably going to go with the, uh, the previous comment of them. They're probably just a little bit complacent. All right, Monday, hopefully we'll get EJ Raddick, one Weekend closer to the postseason. I think by the time we get to Monday, most of the teams will be down to single digits left. Um, we're only going to be, what, I think like three weeks away from the season being over. So we'll get the latest on that, latest on everything that you're thinking about. Enjoy the weekend. I'll be doing the pre and post for Rangers and Panthers uh, tomorrow at 5 o'clock. Enjoy the three games tonight. That all should be fun. Um, congratulations to all the people that won money last night as I hit my two-leg parlay with Vegas and um, Dallas. So congratulations to the people that cashed in on that. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you again on Monday. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.